From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday and welcome to Burncast. In this episode, we hang out with my campmates from Camp Sunscreen and reflect upon a decade of Burning Man from 1996 to 1998. We'll hear about what Black Rock City was like during these years, but we'll also go in-depth and talk about the history of Camp Sunscreen from when it began in 1997. Finally, we'll hear the story about the land yacht of 1998. But first, the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. First up, we'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners who are making a donation to Burncast and helping us to keep this show on the Internet. So thanks to Trip from Ireland and Grant from Daily City. In fact, this is Grant's second contribution to our show. About a year ago, Grant made his first contribution, so this makes Grant our first subscriber. Grant wrote in to tell us that, quote, I want to thank you for Burncast. I am definitely getting my playa fix, unquote. He goes on to say that, quote, There was one show you did where you interviewed a young boy. There was a moment when you asked him what he thought about Burning Man, and he replied, I think so. And he's right. Burning Man is just so. Or it could be Descartesian. Descartesian. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Anyway, I I think, therefore, I am. In other words, I think, therefore, it is so. I think that you have captured one of the best descriptions of what Burning Man actually is. I used to teach preschool and had the pleasure of talking with kids about the way of the world. I've had so many conversations with my students like that, and I miss the logic of children. Well, Grant, thank you. That was uh, that was my interview with Felix Harth, who is my four-year-old campmate from Camp Sunscreen. Now, folks, Burncast is a non-commercial podcast, and it is entirely free to download. It is a gift. However, Burncast cannot continue without the support of people like Grant and Tripp and other folks in the community and listeners such as you. To make your own contribution to Burncast, please click on the support tab at burncast.net. Okay, let's move on. In today's episode, I speak to some of my campmates from Camp Sunscreen about the early days of Burning Man. Now, Camp Sunscreen began in 1997 and was originally offered as a place to receive an application of sunscreen in the form of a massage. Well, that was the original concept of Camp Sunscreen. And the camp pretty much looks the same then as it does today. In place are several shaded massage tables and a barrel full of tanning and sun protection lotions. The intent of Camp Sunscreen sounded good enough, but let's not forget that this is Burning Man. Give a little love, get a little love became the slogan for the camp, and in the sexually charged environment of Black Rock City, Camp Sunscreen became synonymous with an adult-oriented theme camp known as Bianca's Smut Shack. I mean, almost immediately there was controversy at Camp Sunscreen, and you'll hear about it in this recording. We'll also hear about the L-Wire School of Fish Bikes, of which the camp is also famous for. Now, just a little note about this recording. Included in this discussion are Aaron and Rebecca, and also a campmate who preferred to be anonymous, although she didn't mind being recorded. To honor her request, I've omitted any reference to her name, so it may sound like the sound drops out a few times while listening to this, and this is why. This recording begins at the Camp Sunscreen Fire Pit in the wee hours of the morning after the man burned on September 3rd, 2006 at about 3.30 a.m.
hearing that. Yeah. That's better. <laughs> so Burning Man was better when? It's like, oh, we remember back in the day when they were doing the flaming toilet paper roll. <laughs> So, and I was saying that they, we, they don't do that anymore because it's probably too much moop. No, we, <laughs> we just thought it was the coolest thing because it was at that time it was everything was black and all of a sudden you saw in the distance all these like flying flame balls <laughs> shooting, and we all sir we're like oh yeah, and then it's like duck. There's some like flaming toilet paper roll like directed straight at your head, and you're just like it was very scary. <laughs> Kenny was there for that too, and he actually knew the no. Like he actually knew what it was too. We were just all dazzled by. But they're out there doing like rugby with it. It was very funny. It was like very, and it was like the kind of the sweet. A lot of the stuff back then it was based well, in this sort of like sweet geeky. And it was very sinus, dark. Yeah, it's like, and so anything. There were there were no lights anywhere, so anything with fire was, was a really big right, deal because yeah. otherwise you just had a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And we were also reminiscing about how. There, there, there doesn't seem to be a space these days for the, the drummer tribal people and their their flames and their all night drumming and because they're just drowned it, out. Well, it was just well, or that's just you're talking that about part of the night? culture. Any no, night. no, no. It used to be. I mean, that was now it's like all discoy and like you know the ravey and stuff. Rave camp was like you had to go like a get on a bike and miles, miles out. It wasn't yeah. like. It, it, like it was quiet in camp and it was like rave camp was the only thing that made noise all night long and it was some wild crazy scene that happened way far away way way out there and for many for for well i don't know if it was many years but for at least a number of years in a row there was this um a big area that was devoted to the drummers and they had it was all cordoned off in hay bales one year and another year it was rocks and sticks and it was sort of like this sacred space but it was a a giant area out in the playa with you know huge huge numbers of drummers going all night long it was actually part of your list like you'd go oh i gotta bring my drum out or yeah yeah because it was yeah didgeridoos and drums it wasn't like there was amplified music with giant speakers every other camp it was it was that was it was actually kind of quiet it was very quiet yeah what else (laughs) <laughs> oh, I was saying how I... Oh, oh, back when Camp Sunscreen was, like, totally, um, like, we're talking cross-the-line pressure boundaries. And it seems like something that's, like, something that's kind of silly and simple now. But it was, like, we had people who were, like... We, we had the rangers come down on us and be, like, you know, what what is this camp about, really? Oh, come on. Apply sunscreen? <laughs> you know what that you're really talking about we're here. Like, no, really, we're talking about... And was just like, I want to provide the service. People are out in the day. It was a very sweet starting. But everybody always, oh, camp sunscreen, sunscreen massage. You know where that's just headed down. Down the road road. to hell. (laughs) You're going to be a bad shutdown. We almost got shut down that first year. Wait, wait, wait. What happened? I mean, what's. Camp sunscreen almost got shut down because it was just too risque. It was like, but, it, but it was the community wanting Drink. something risque. The idea of people like massaging other people naked and all that whole thing just was this big question. It was like pushing the line. And now it just seems like such a silly part of everything in a way that, mm-hmm. but it was like, you know, people were shocked. It was this kind of weird. And we can't, you know, it's like that whole thing came from such an innocent thing. We were surprised that it came, it got 
shoved onto such a like sexual thing how, immediately. How did it? Do you know? Was it just projection, it or did no, it, it was, actually happen? It was, well, somebody somebody was like, oh. It, it was back in the day when people were, you know, yeah, you see signs everywhere, like state your boundaries, this and that. Oh, back yeah. back in the day when people weren't so aware of the fact that they had oh, here I'm out running around way too high and something just happened to me and I get, I, I'm not feeling like these days it's almost like, oh, that happened. I'm, I, it was an experience or I, you know, it, it, back then it was, it was more shame based, I guess, would you say? I would just say that. Because she was like, she went, she had the experience, and then she went back to her camp. And, I mean, it was and people are like, that happened? And then she started feeling second thoughts on it. It was this kind she, of weird... There was this, there was that one incident, and the yeah. rangers were involved. And it was, and the, there was a big question, should the, should the camp be blamed? Should the people that provided the space be blamed for an experience yeah. that somebody had? And, like, they almost, and, like, um, put it in our laps. Like, you better get, like, people out watching to make sure that's not happening. And, remember, I mean, remember how hardcore they Should we have signs? And, should we have... And, like, the pervert alarm, like, and, and all that. Perv patrol, that's what we called yeah. it. We'd have perv patrol. And it was, and it was, um, it was complicated because the, what we did was we created a really beautiful space with a, a very practical and, and fun side to it you know practical sunscreen fun massage um everything that we presented when we sort of got the thing started was oh let's well a bunch of friends here let's let's all 20, massage 22 say, hands or 24 hands across yeah, it was like, it was down. Very like how many people can massage yeah. how many people can can we massage how many people at once can massage a person just in this very good-natured way and then you know we step away for a minute and the community as a whole or an element of the community um what's it mean no go on oh <laughs> <laughs> some an element of the community really took it to another place yeah. and and that was the community doing the community's thing why why do you keep doing that funny sound <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm confused <laughs> Because it's funny. Oh. <laughs> Have you listened to the show? No. Every time somebody says the word community, everybody has to drink. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> or, or you're welcome. I'm not sure what I should say. Oh, that makes me want to load community into my life. <laughs> so all this is to say that it's the like... The community should come together. <laughs> No, we we like we were so like we're <laughs> so G-rated. we're so G-rated. That's what it is. Our community is so, so G-rated. <laughs> we can't actually. We are so G-rated. We can't even handle camp sunscreen anymore. <laughs> we don't go. It's other people. Oh, my that friends go. are like, I. Yeah, we have like all our like our family. They're just like, I've never like. Was it Tony? I've never, like, gone I've out never there given a massage. a massage or gotten one. Holy cow. And we're just like, uh, I never either. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been camping with us exactly? <laughs> and Maria, she's like, her first year, she's like, there's no way I'm massaging some strange person. And we're just like, that was the original concept. Yeah. And Aaron and I were out there one morning and it was like, you know, like I said, it was like, you know, hairy big guy hour. <laughs> and it was just like, and it was, but it was great, you know. It's just like these guys out there, and it was like right on, you know. It can be a very, very yeah. friendly place. 
and yeah. um, and lots of people really enjoy it and they come back year after year after year they find it they're like oh we love you and we're like we don't know who you are but we're <laughs> glad you love it and that you've been coming for years and um, well, it's even like the, the by by day we we did a little training and by day three the people just come back every day they're out training yeah. other people like okay here's the because we had you're people that are like ground rules. What, what are, are the ground do? rules? Well, the ground they? rules is you, you get you you hop on a table and you give a massage before you're expecting one and it's this interesting thing that it takes this remind people have to be reminded because they're like when's my turn? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I, you know and and after you've after you've given for a while. And, and that's like foreign concept, actually. And, and it's it really kind of some... funny. Every once in a while, there'll be a table taken over, like by two people, and that's not, and that's okay. But it's not really the the thing that's special about camp sunscreen, because you know, one person massaging another person is kind of traditional. But what's really unusual is to have six people massaging you. It's, you know, ooh, I'll do trip, one foot, yeah. I'll do another foot, ooh, I'll do the hands, I'll do the back. Mm-hmm. You know, and and everyone talking and so kind of learning about it. Across- and she's that was like, okay, whatever you do, Rebecca, you get my breasts. I, said, I know, I said, you got <laughs> I my boobs. I don't want anybody else. You, you got, got my boobs. boobs. You right. and only you. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that was setting a boundary. And was yeah. It yeah. 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 But boundaries, and I kept my little underpants on. That early, was my other boundary. Early, yeah, early Burning Man, those boundaries were sketchy. I mean, I'm sure they're still sketchy, and mm-hmm. they're still learning that it's happening. But, but we're too so. G-rated to know. We don't go out and do anything that would let us know. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> So. No, it's it's a lovely, lovely space, and people enjoy it. And people, you know, we had there were two years when we didn't bring it, and people were sad. And we had people come up and say, you know, they were asking at the gate for you. Where are you? Where's Camp Sunscreen? And um, which we're like, oh, how funny, because we yeah. think we're just sort of this quiet thing. But a lot, but it's, it's special to a lot of people. Camp uh, Sunscreen's also, well, I know it is famous for the bikes, right? Well, yeah, the fish. I mean, the a lot, lot of people, yeah. that's a that's an era that is missed on some people. Can somebody talk about the fish? Well, before the fish, it was dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then the kangaroos came hopping by. Oh right. And then Kenny's. I don't know where the whole idea, but but there was visions of like a school of fish. Uh, yeah, I think. And I well, think it came I think from it was Kenny. Kenny. Kenny had the vision. Kenny of a, and Chris and well, Benny. Kenny had the vision of fish, and well, Kenny had the vision of light. You know, Light. a school of fish, and Chris liked fish and chose which kind of fish would be a good kind of fish that would actually school together. And it was really funny because it's like, you know, we start getting these calls, like, yeah, you know, we got a call. And what? Beacons. Yeah, he's like, oh. I'm sick of being out in the middle of the desert and not be able to find my friends. Yeah. Benny needed beacons. And so they hosted these make fish parties at the house. Like, what we're Which were do? very complicated because oh. they had, they and had they the had, perfect and jig that had to be like... And, and then when I committed, I'm like, I didn't commit to making a clown loach fish. I have to make my own fish. <laughs> a kissy fish. And the drama behind the kissy fish was <laughs> terrible. What yeah, I'm like, she I can't make one. Because Chris and I have like this whole fish thing They both love it. fish, but they keep their Mine fish tanks really different. Mine is a kissy fish and, and hers are like <laughs> tropical perfection testing i'm like you know fish they die and chris would like want to kill me i'm like you know yeah fish so all this is to say that we had these fish parties we made all these fish and the idea was that they were going to be on poles at the top of bicycle and so up above everybody's head above standing level you could see these fish and and when the year that they came out it was, it was it was it was like I don't know maybe a dozen or so on bicycles. Ninety nine or ninety eight. It was ninety. It could have been ninety eight or ninety nine, but it, I think it was probably ninety eight. I think it was ninety eight because it was the second year. Okay, then it was ninety eight, yeah. and um, 
and so you get these poles on the bicycles and and the people riding the bikes they through like the crowd and and you it was the only lit thing on the entire playa mm -hmm. other than no lamp lighters yeah, yeah. Was the no lamp nothing. lighters were the other that was ones. it that was, and then there yeah. was the school of fish and it would and you could see them coming from way across the playa and, and they would they would come through and people would just go ah, the fish the fish and it was like it was this it was it was like wherever they went the <laughs> it was amazing, it was trip, and they yeah. were utterly beautiful. They, they were, were so beautiful, and they were and it was and beautiful, and it was it was amazing. And that um, that fall, they had one of those, you know, Burning Man get together things in Oakland, and I, I had not been a fish on the playa when this, so I got to watch them and see how great it was. But then in that thing in Oakland, I actually got to ride in and be a fish, yeah. and we all rode into downtown Oakland. And I, I've never been a rock star before, but that moment, <laughs> I, we rounded the corner, and there were like people around the block getting waiting to go into some big warehouse thing and have this big important party thing. And we rounded the corner, and it was like, ah, the fish! And I was just like, oh my God. I'm Mick Jagger. I've never, I've never experienced this before. It was over the frickin' top. It was and what's amazing. actually really funny is that this is the first year the fish haven't come. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that's it right. will send like people out even because I'm like, oh god, don't make me go out on a fish. I mean, it gets to that point. <laughs> Benny's so cute because he likes going out, you know. But that's like part of Benny. But we send people out that have never gone out, and they're like, wow, it's surprising. You know, you still get, they're like, wow, it was a trip. People, and a lot of people like would come up and say, how do, I, how do I become one of you? How do I, well, that was how early do I on, get but just people fish? saying, oh, I remember when, or oh, yeah, that now. sort of thing. I and remember this fish. Sort of a sense of, with, with all the largeness and bigness, there but the still next is this sort of sense of like, wow, there it is. The, the original light. With the art cars, it's like you see some of these like, wow, there's the crappy car with just the, Legos, the flame coming Legos out of the Legos gluing on it, but it's like they're they're led on as this sense of history and classicness and that sort of thing, and people do have a kind of a rooted respect for that. But as you, well. you remember this whole conversation started off tape with uh, me asking about art cars and how there really wasn't any in the old days, right? Yeah, I mean there were some of these old clunker things with there were, stuff no, there glued were, on. But they the were side, very but like, um, oh, what's the movie? Oh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Everything was based on that, like, loud Mad Max thing. Yeah. And, you know, they all looked kind of along those lines. So when, when I... No fancy art. So yeah. no fancy art. But there, I was going to say, how did people get around if there wasn't any art cars? Feet and bicycles. It was much smaller, though, too, right? Yeah. Was it? The, I just remember walking forever across. I remember walking out, and I remember the first year I came, and it's like, oh, did you hear those? There were these sticks with sounds out in the middle of nowhere and you'd walk and walk and walk and walk and and we went out there and it was just this ocean of sounds and there's just nothing out there and this quiet and just this you could walk amongst it and it was it was huge and it was one of the first sounds like an oral sculpture i can't do you remember that yeah, yeah. and what it was kind of sounds it was just like you'd walk by one it would be like a crying baby and another one would be like a train sound and another one but they had them all directed they had them all directed and the second year I remember it, it was kind of like somebody's like oh that was last year's project and they put it up again much further out yet and but yeah the projects were you had to work a little harder well, for them like for what I remember it, um, some of the like the, the first year that I came 
there was a lot of art that was made out of playa. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like the more than stage. one. The like upper stage, the it was stage, just like, also, wow, also they take mud piece. sculpture. They do like mud drippy. On, on um, they maybe, I think they probably had a little frame underneath like, um, chicken wire or something and then and then playa mud making oh here's somebody up. else you should talk to she's she's a good like historian we're doing historical back Old in the day stuff. aaron's like right and i need your wine you need to open a bottle of wine <laughs> i almost raided your cooler and 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 uh and said you wouldn't hate me <laughs> what word that was I that go just she didn't say community she, um, you did <laughs> No, hey, Aaron, what do you think of our community? <laughs> <laughs> Old Burning Man community. You should change seats with me while I raid your cooler. How about that? Yeah. Let's hear That was a discussion about the history of Camp Sunscreen from some of my campmates. We'll continue after this short break and talk about what Burning Man was like 10 years ago. year was the last year of the circle so there was oh, there was an actual circle it was a circle and it, <laughs> people got very confused <laughs> in fact when we first arrived we were trying very hard to camp next to this other group and we were sure we had it but you know we were like half a circle off from where they were it was yeah it was round there are very few streets but it was it was entirely round and it after dark it was just you know forget it you were lost <laughs> Um, but it was beautiful. You know, I think I had much more of a sense of actually camping in nature because there was much less city structure. It was smaller. Um, people just camped. I mean, everyone had a tent and a car. And I remember in our neighborhood, there was one porta potty, not not 12 in a row, but wow. one. That's everyone. Hey. Hey. Yes. Yeah. And um, good night. Let's see. Just, just the fact that you could, you could ride past the few cars in your neighborhood and very, very quickly be in the open desert, and there was no fence, and and the location of the of the the event was not where we are now, but much further out in the you know way, way, way out um, in the Black Rock in the Black Rock Desert, and so we were we were really out in the middle of nowhere, and you could ride your bike as far as far as you wanted and um, you know just just stars and in the town itself or whatever you want to call it the the city um, there were just the lamplighters lights and um, and I think I, I mean I think there were lamplighters lights come back? Did but we um, her off? maybe 
Um, she but, used to tell you the story about the 50-foot land yacht. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aaron. But, and I, I think I was telling you this the other day, that, that um, my, my predominant feel of the mood was um, fire and lamps and sort of flowing Bedouin fabrics, as opposed to built, you know, structures built out of metal and wood and power tools and generators. There was Thank nothing you. like that. It was, and no, no yeah, but, nothing. But it leaky. had let big on the baby head sculpture. One, one well, year, we're before finally, the baby Alan heads. and I was like, if we see another baby head sculpture. Dead baby head. On a stick thing, yeah. that was like a kick for a while. <laughs> okay, but, Aaron, you should sit here and But my very first year, it was very much like, um, that's right. Like real desert lifestyle. You know, how would you live in the desert? You would you would have tents and you would Oh, you did. have a sit on the floor and you would cover your body in a in a big drapey fabric to keep the sun off of you and it it um it had a um you know sort of an earthy authentic feel. Um, and, and many, many, many naked people. There are no naked people anymore. And the naked people were covered in mud because we had giant mud pits. And um, I, what I, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is as the city's grown, the number of people have grown, it's like a direct inverse proportion to the, you know, or inverse relationship with the number of naked people. And, and you know, there... I don't know. People I know that used to go naked all the time, everywhere, then reached a point where, okay, well, I'll go naked in our camp, but I won't go naked in center camp because that's kind of like public. And then down to the point of, well, I'm not really going to go naked at all. And I and I and I don't think it's you know just the our aging population, but really <laughs> that the it's um, it's it is like a big city now as yeah. opposed to just some stragglers camping in the desert where it doesn't really matter. And especially if you've got TV cameras and God knows what, you know, it's, it's, you don't have your, um, you know, your free anonymity of being out in nowhere, just in nature. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, so I think, um, it, I think that's made a shift in, in a number of people's inhibitions or their, just just their sense of um, I don't know in a funny way privacy you know um, you know it being a private affair where there it's it's you know it's myself and nature and the playa and a few other nature loving folk you know and now it's 40,000 people crammed into a city with real streets and lights and what's interesting and though is that you I came like two years cars. after you started coming and it was the same thing though like oh this used to be oh you were having this conversation then yeah oh yeah well there was a big like, shift I, you know, I like, feel people have like a three year thing typically which is interesting too like in general yeah. no people come like after the three, three year mark they, they either go continue coming or they've had to, enough like I feel like I come from my community more than I Drink. come for. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was a loading that one, but I, I, I do feel <laughs> like it's like it, it's always the why do we go again? Where? And actually, this year for me, it's like all of a sudden the, the shine was there again. But I think for a lot of people, I've noticed that the shine after about year three, they either stop coming, like they're like oh, you know, or they're so entrenched in a community that they they come back. 
Well, yeah. because a lot of it is the same. It's like, oh, the Burning Man. Oh, mm-hmm. the art cars. Oh, the blinky lights. Yeah. A lot of it. Oh, the Mad Max costume. Oh, the furry boots. It's a lot of it is the same. The novelty wears off. So if you don't have another draw, and in 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 the case of our camp and our friend group and our expanding family ring the bell are expanding (laughs) (laughs) it's it is the people and it's this special time it's that wow we get to stay up night after night all night long having cool conversations and it's like one it's like one slumber party over and over and over again and um and I love so it's that. It's no longer about the time. It's almost it like it's, it's yeah. It's more. It's so like the, it's like the annual check-in. I mean, as, as soon as I started coming to Burning Man, I my calendar shifted. Now I count my years, Burning Man to Burning Man, as opposed to calendar year or mm-hmm. my birthday. Mm-hmm. And and it's an important marker. What's going on in my life? What's going on in my friends' lives? You know what is evolving in in this world that I live in. And um, and Otherwise it's funny it does that tend that's to that's blend. It. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of the scenery, the Burning Man scene, I I come go out into the the night and into the thing and it's like, oh, I, it all kind of looks the same. And sometimes that makes me a little sad like, oh, I'm not seeing I'm not putting out what I need to put out in order to have that new experience. Mm-hmm. But what I what I always find is my the relationships with my with the people that I know, those are growing. You know, I they go to another level even mm-hmm. if my relationship with the theme camp experience, you know, someone else's well, theme camp doesn't we, we grow. Well, it's interesting. We sit and talk. We're like, oh, let's follow that thread. It's like, wow, it seems like, where did this start? Where do we remember seeing this first or that yeah. this sort of thing and seeing how it kind of changes and, like, hence the conversation, you know, being responsible. So we were complaining about it being too, like, Las Vegasy out there and they're all like, well, I guess we're somewhat to blame if we're out there with the fish in the first place. Right. And how that kind of... Not to blame, but it's like that the, the roots were the there. Shift. It's part part of the shift, and it's always shifting. And I'm always finding it interesting. It's like yeah, each year, just being okay. How how can they outdo the forty feet tall? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I can't imagine possibly next year what they're going to do to wow the masses or how is it. What is your hope or fear for the community or for the <laughs> event? Something that I've seen just as far as um, coming from a art background and going to actual art college and having friends who have you know, masters in art and teach in high-end schools and this and that is when I first started going, they're like, oh, that's just like a, a bunch of freaks getting together. And last time I checked in with one of my good friends, she's like, oh, Burning Man, I sure would love to go out there because the art scene is really... And it was such a shift because, it, you know, coming from people just who... There was no respect for what was going on out here um, 10 years ago. It was just like, oh, yeah, please, baby heads on sticks and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. whatnot. It but it's art. like, really, I, I I look around and I'm like, there is big art happening here. And it's, it's if, if you look at what's happening in the world as far as the art world, it's, it's following hand in hand and, you know... These days, you need to wrap islands with miles of fabric, and it's this kind of larger-than-life, non-permanent art, and that's that's what's happening right now. And it's like, and here's the perfect platform to show that. And and so the art, it's it's Burning Man has finally gained acceptance in the art community, and it's kind of interesting to see. So, but it was cheesy. Yeah, you know, listen to your friends going, "I'm never going to that. That's a bunch of crap." You know, it's not real art. I have one question. I'm kind of backtracking a little bit. It's, 
I know this is a fire festival and there's some really neat fire installations out this year, but do you think there's more fire or less fire? Oh, definitely more. There is? I think there's there but more. But we were surprised at how, how the, the man got awfully, like, I remember when there was the big pile of burning. Remember we were commenting, like, they either cleaned it up really quickly Oh, yeah, well. we went up and it was like, there was, it was a very small area where all the little logs were burning down. Embers. It was very neat. However, very the man tidy. seems like it gets smaller every year and it's because everything else is getting bigger around it. So maybe we just remember this huge pile of burning embers. Well, I think maybe. it was simpler. With all the fireworks... The fo- you know, at least when I watched the man burn tonight, my fo- my eyes weren't falling on the, the flames of the man, but all the fireworks going off, and and there was this giant structure. I so maybe it was smaller. And and I, you know, I think that the to a certain degree the the flames and the fire held a larger presence when there was nothing else to compete with it. When you've you've had a week in dark or you know four or five days in in darkness, and now. You've got this big thing of hay bales with a it giant It really was stick. hay bales I with know. the man and sitting it burns, on top of and it. And it burns to the ground, and it's and there's no fireworks, and it's just I don't know, just I, a big fire. So and there's not a second night of a big fire. There's one <laughs> night of a big fire, and they're not six not six things that burn. What was that, Eric? Oh, it seemed like it was always going off like before they planned it. Oh yeah, they like, were messing, messing it up. It never went as planned. Yeah. Oh, it must have just pissed Crimson Rose off so bad. Like, every year, it screwed up and hit all the fireworks at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anything else before we wrap this up about your reminiscence, reminiscings, reminiscings, reminiscing, community? <laughs> oh, that's an easier word to say. <laughs> I'd have to say, I, I certainly, I mean, it was, it was neat talking, you know, you sit here and you talk with an old friend that you've been doing it for 10 years, and it's just like trying to keep it out of the, I hear a lot of people get all jaded on it, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that it's like, see, then actually, it. I've heard that the greeter station, there's a jaded fuck bell if you've shown up, and you guys <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it used to be so much better. You're going to bed, or are you going to hookah dome? No, I'm going to bed. Oh, Good man. Night. Oh, man. I think we're going to go cuddle. Oh, cuddle. cuddle. She cuddled in the hookah dome. Let me tell you, it's a good, it's a good space. I was trying to get her. I to. cuddled with Marie in the hookah dome, and everybody the next morning is like, "You drank too much last night, Rebecca." <laughs> it's like hookah dome's a good space. Yes, it is. It, you should do it. And I've never been in there. Oh, go, go. Do you need like more of an entourage? We're going to wrap this up and we're going to go to Hookadome. <laughs> that was a discussion about what Burning Man was like in the mid-90s from some of my campmates from Camp Sunscreen. We'll continue after this short break and take the conversation into the Hookadome just before sunrise. Here, we'll hear the story of the land yacht as told by my campmate, Aaron. We're in the Hooga Dome, and I'm talking. Do you want to? Do you want me to say your name? Aaron. Is it okay? Okay. Um, I'm talking to Aaron about um, 
what she remembers about Burning Man's past. <laughs> well, Rebecca was asking if I could do the land yacht story, and the land yacht was um, was a was a, a big year for us. It was um, it was one of my first years rangering for one thing, and um, they w they wanted the theme camps and the rangers and the other groups to integrate and so there was a lot more people volunteering in those days and a lot of um, encouragement for that these days it seems like there's not as many you know people volunteering but you know like when new people come they don't always get hooked up with being a volunteer right away like they used to be you know so um, anyway so the land yacht came up um, it was a group coming up from LA and they wanted to uh, to uh, build a boat out here on the playa and and the problem was is the um the sculpture was this uh, a huge moving sculpture and it turned out it was um wildly successful and that it moved much faster than they expected <laughs> and um and was very heavy and so of course it was impossible to stop it had no brakes and uh for its maiden voyage they um they had it all set up and and put together and we're planning to take it out and a windstorm picked up and uh, unfortunately, the, the man who was the captain um, was given some uh, GHB, and it, it, he passed out. So, um, so he was on the boat, and he pa the captain passed out. Nobody's, nobody knows how to steer it. Nobody knows what to do, and they're in a windstorm. It was kind of like a very bad thing. Now, that was the year we camped next to the opera camp, and so they had the uh, huge sculpture out in front of our camp that um, was going to be used for the opera the next night. And uh, so they were heading back to camp, um, straight for the Esplanade, going way too fast, out of control, and uh, ran into the sculpture. Basically, used the sculpture to stop <laughs> the land yacht. No, well, one of the towers fell down, and Pepe was furious. He was like really mad, and and I think somebody somebody twisted their ankle or broke their ankle or something, you know, something like that. Um, but it just, it freaked out everyone out. And that was kind of when DMV started. I think that might have been what started DMV, was the Lanyard story. And, and, you know, for years everyone talked about it. You know, about like, if you're going to build something that big that goes that fast, you know, put some brakes on it, you know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, don't be like the Lanyard, you know. Like. <laughs> so this is obviously a, a, a point when, when mm -hmm. growth... Uh -huh. The growth within the Black Rock City uh -huh. rules were, were new necessary. rules were having to be created. Yeah, yeah, like as fast as we could break them, like they'd make them, <laughs> like, <laughs> like things that had just never occurred to anyway. <laughs> now you've been a ranger mm -hmm. and you did it for three years. Can you comment on uh -huh. what it was yeah. like? Um, yeah, yeah. It used to be that um, that you could kind of volunteer, but then then what happened is. Um, you had to you had to be signed up to work a certain number of shifts and work certain hours and you didn't necessarily pick your hours they just like wrote you in for a shift it, you know it wasn't really like would you like to volunteer what can you spare you know kind of thing time wise so um so I, I kind of dropped out at that point I didn't want to do eight hour shifts you know it's pretty grueling work especially when you're doing another job when you're already like volunteering to like you know Same do camp. a camp and you know and doing the sunscreen massage things like that you know it's like when you're already working for the community drink you know having <laughs> two jobs it's like having two jobs oh actually we're changing the we're changing the rules tonight since we're in hookah dome it's every time you say the word community we have to hit take a hit off the hookah oh okay <laughs> we'll get past the five uh, okay so anyway you were saying about rangering 
Yeah. So, uh, so rangering, um, you always had to work the night of the burn. And that was one of the things. It's like I, I think, think it's still that way. Yeah, that's like the one required shift, and then the then you know they'll sign you up for other shifts. But um, but yeah, it used to be uh, used to be more more fun. I don't know if it still is. Greg still volunteers. Other people volunteer. So for a ranger. Yeah. So I know that some people have stuck with it. You know, they're willing to work that hard. Somebody's got it. Now, <laughs> I, I think Kim, somebody was telling me about that. At one time, they didn't have enough uniforms to give out, so they had T-shirts. Oh yeah, yeah. That was I remember that. That was that first year, and um, they they had hats and and I think at the beginning they had some uniforms. But the way they used to get the uniforms was they'd go to the Goodwill, and then um, Danger Ranger would stencil the emblems on the the gear. And then bring, you know, he'd just like buy all the things that khaki that he could at the Goodwill, you know, buy them up and then um, stencil those and then bring those and just whoever, you know, would go through the rack looking for something that fit them. And then, um, and then the night of the burn when they had like so many people and they needed more volunteers and that sort of thing, they ended up using t-shirts. They had some t-shirts, but um, I think since then they've gotten more fancy. They've yeah. gotten more like like nicer shirts, nicer hats, that yeah. kind of thing. You know, I think they're uh, spending a little more money on, on clothing their their uh, volunteers. <laughs> Maybe they have to keep up with the uh, the other agencies. <laughs> and. Just to wrap this up, is there any fond memories of Burning Man's past you'd like to share? Oh, well, I always loved the the costumes and the food at Burning Man. I just feel like the lounging around and frequent costume changes, and you know that part hasn't changed. You know, and that's the part that still makes me want to come. You know, arts changed, the way people volunteer has changed. You know, different things like that. You know, but um, but I think there's always that that costume element and the, the food and the com community. Great. <laughs> Wait, it's right here. Right there. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, please visit burncast.net. To contact us, please call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416 or leave us an audio recording by clicking on the My Chingo button at our website. You can also leave us an email at burncast.gmail.com. A very special thanks to Benny of Cool Neon for some of the embedded photos and to Astronauti for the music used in today's episode. And a very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts. <laughs>